Hello and welcome to Bored and Sassy. I'm Val. And I'm Sam. And we're here to bring you Disney news, discussion, and opinions with a sassy grown-up bent. Today we're going to talk about the changing of the bobs. Some weird rant I saw about Galaxy's Edge on Twitter. And uh, the usual, some silly shit. Okay, so topic the first is the changing of the bobs. What the fuck, Bob Chapek, of all of your choices, why Bob Chapek? It's a weird one. I I can't tell if it's that there's stuff that we don't know as outsiders or if it's just like they really liked having someone named Bob. It like it feels like that was the only qualification because the thing is like Chapik is one of those ones who I have over the years accumulated a dislike for based on multiple things that have happened but I can't bring literally any of them to mind right now. Like I feel like less entertainment in the parks is one of them like the scaling back of Galaxy's Edge walk around entertainment like there's just there are, are things in the park world that Chapik, that have happened while Chapik has been in charge of it that have given me a distaste for him, but I legit don't remember any of them well enough to, like, wax on about it. Um, but so fuck, this was not expected. The tough thing, though, is who else would they have gone with? Do you have no, a, I mean, a list I don't of have, qualified I don't, people? No, I don't have the, a list of qualified people, but thing. it's still surprising because, like, Iger was not... Wasn't he external? I feel like Iger was external. I mean, it's it's a tough thing because you risk a lot by bringing in a an external candidate sure. for a, a role that important, especially when you have people that you think could do the job that have been with the company for a long time. But because at least he has been oh, with the company ABC. for a long time. Oh, he was ABC. He was president of ABC, and then that's how he came through Disney. But he's not – so he was – the thing is he wasn't like a lifelong Disney or whatever. I just – I don't – it's not that I think they should have taken someone externally. I'm saying I'm sure there were other qualified candidates – the theory that I like that I've seen is the like I set Chapik up to take this fall for me kind of thing because like he left right before the stock. I mean, the stock tanked because he left too, but he left like right as the coronavirus shit was starting and like Ooh, there's a in an election theory. year. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, it's 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 also the kind of thing where like it's hard to blame uh, former Bob for doing this bob we're just gonna first. call them yeah bob bob the first bob the second or new bob old bob um it's hard to blame bob for doing this um because it's hard to blame anyone for stepping away from something while you still have you know your reputation right while you can end it on a high and, note as opposed to doing the eisner and, nosedive right. of like everything is great and i'm michael eisner and things are happening oh god fuck oh no uh like it's also it's one of those companies where it's we're talking huge business here. You yeah. as you know, CEO and chairman, you still yes. are answering to a whole bunch of, you know, board members and shareholders right. and 
Like it's it's still it's not like it's you know I don't know you can still kind of get destroyed at some point in your career just because you've been hanging around too long and you've rolled the dice too many times and finally somebody goes right. for you. So right. it's not un- what I'm trying to say in way too many words because I'm not quite fitting the pieces together correctly. But um, is it's totally reasonable for someone to want to step down before something inevitably awful gets pinned on them? You know, you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Okay, and that's Batman. the end of Bored and Sassy. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but I think that's part of it is just being like, okay, cool. Like the Star War that I made, like the Star War that happened because I acquired Lucasfilm, like the right because that was him, I think. I think so. Yeah. Alexa, when did Disney acquire Lucasfilm? Here's something I found from the article Walt Disney Studios. <laughs> Division on Wikipedia. <laughs> Lucasfilm acquired by Disney in 2012. 2012, which yeah. is when they Alexa, announced. Alexa, stop. Including those in the Star Wars. Alexa, Alexa you're, 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 you finished your job. Okay. Yeah, so, so that was during his time. And the Pixar, like, Pixar was earlier. Who, what's the other one he just did? There was another one he just did too. Fox. The, I was like, oh, what? yeah. What's that other minor thing what's that, that happened? Other small so studio. he kind of got all of his business goals through and the whole thing that he said on the shareholder call, which gosh, that was boring, but I got on the call to listen and um, not because I'm a shareholder, you guys, we're not, <laughs> we're not that kind of rich. No. Um, but listening on the call, it was all very scripted and boring, but his official line is that he's still staying chairman because he wants to get to do the creative stuff but the day-to-day stuff keeps him from getting to do the creative stuff. So Chapik now gets to do the day-to-day boring CEO shit. And uh, Iger gets to do the sort of higher level creative thinking and probably strategy. And like, that's fine and understandable. But uh, I do think it's like, well, I checked off all the boxes I wanted to check off. Now I'm going to take off before things go to hell. You know, that that excuse, that reason, the the formal messaging there... It's certainly something that I, I understand and can appreciate because especially at a company like Disney where they're doing a lot of really, really cool stuff. I bet that when you are in senior leadership, you may have some unprecedented visibility into that cool stuff. Mm. But most of the time you're like, you know, working with teams to approve budgets and right. like and dealing like in with any all job. kinds of, you know, long-term planning stuff that isn't, isn't very fun, you know? Right. In any job that, like, you know, the higher you right. get, the less, like, you're not writing code as much. You're managing people or you're not getting to be in the queue if you're a manager. You're That's my world, the ticketing queue if if you're a manager, you know, and I like to get in and do that stuff. So it, it's, it, it makes sense. It was just a very boring call. Um <laughs> And one of the fucking guys. So, like, most people were clear, like, basically, they let people ask questions on those calls, like, actual investor type or, like, people from J.P. Morgan Chase and shit and, like, you know, really industry people uh, ask questions. And one of the ones who did was definitely, like, in an Uber or something. And they had to be like, sir, um, I'm sorry, you're really, your audio is really not good here. Like, what can you do? Because he wasn't. It was like he was in a car and also like wasn't using headphones on a microphone or anything. Like it was awful for a second. And I was like, wow, like everyone else it had been like, because they, they turn you on or off. Like it's that kind of conference call. It's not like everyone can talk, whatever. And they had turned this dude on and it was just, 
everyone else was so professional. And this one guy was just like that fucking asshole in a taxi or some shit trying to just imagine be a he was call. like on his bike it was it was like, awful just was like the, speakerphone on his bike yeah and he was like oh yeah i'm not in the office and like he fixed you know he grabbed yeah. his headphones or whatever it was but it was it was amusingly unprofessional <laughs> and i forget which company he was from because i was at work trying to work and listen to the shareholder call because it was one of those like it was at five or something yeah, and i yeah. was working late yeah. Anyway, that happened. Uh, officially referring to it as the changing of the bobs because I felt very clever when I came up with that one. Um, but so, I don't know what's gonna fucking happen. It'll, I'm sure it'll yeah. be fine. Like, so I think it's not I like think, he's the only one who gets to choose and make decisions. Right. That's that's sort of what I was going to say. Is is I don't think a ton is going to change because I don't think that past Bob was a like super benevolent influence or anything. I think he was good. But I don't think he was like, you know, uh, I don't think he was an idealist. He definitely, you know, signed off on on lots of things that sort of felt like nickeling and diming and stuff like that. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's not like he was the only thing holding New Bob back from being an evil sorcerer. You know, it was, you know, it was it was business as usual, and Disney is big business, so that that makes sense. So I don't think a ton is going to change. Because at least New Bob has sort of been there already and, yeah. and you know, is frankly the part that I care, I, I won't say the most about, but more recently I've been thinking a lot more about is the parks. I feel like yeah, Hollywood is one thing and, you know, studios are going to be studios and <clears throat> most of what uh, executive leadership over you know, sub companies that our studios do is make sure the money happens and make sure the right people are in place. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not really expecting a ton to change. Um, but it's definitely one of those things where, uh, there's some, some apprehension about like, Oh, what if JPEG was the reason that prices got hiked like four right, times right. in the last two years, yeah. you know, and, is he just going to do now it more? It, right. And now are, did, did, Old Bob go away because he'd tried to stand in the way of that and got shot down by the board 10 yeah. times or something. So well, like, yeah. you don't know what's happening behind the scenes. So we won't really know if there are any like significant shifts in culture until right. we give it six months to a year, yeah. probably even after Old Bob uh, is done being chairman as well because he's staying yeah. on as chairman yes. until sometime next year, yes. right? Yeah, till twenty twenty one. So he'll still be deeply involved at the highest level. He just won't be directly responsible for a lot of things the way he is. Right yeah, now. and I do think that it's interesting because there's not to make coronavirus a topic of the uh, podcasts or COVID nineteen because coronavirus is the kind of virus that it is. <sighs> I'm being a pedantic <laughs> asshole about that. I was saying that last night. Um, but so not to like swap to that topic, but that is something that I'm interested to see if they end up doing any increases at any point, because I would bet you that people. So first of all, that people are going to cancel their trips out of fear. And second of all, that we might hit a point where they have to cancel, like where they have to start closing parks because yeah. It's in Florida, and Florida just had a couple deaths from it already. And Florida is, I'm not going to say the worst place to have a, an outbreak of a virus, but I don't feel like they're going to be well-equipped to deal with it based on the way that the government in that state has tended to work. So to me, 
I, it would not surprise me if it gets into Orange County and then gets into Disney and they start doing park closures. And so I'm going to be surprised to see, or, or interested to see rather what happens over the course of the year with ticket prices, because it could be the, they could do the old, we lost money, we have to increase, or they could do the, oh, holy shit, no one's coming. Right. We need to make it easier, like the airlines are doing, because all the airfares are going down. The airlines are all, um, of course, not for our fucking trip in April that we already booked. Um, but if you book between like March 6th and March 28th, JetBlue is waiving all cancellation or change fees. So like if we had to change because we already fucking bought our airfare, um, we wouldn't, right. we, be, it, we'd, we'd be, be out fucked. like we'd be out. 70% of our money. Yeah. Think, you know. like, and like, it's like a $1,500 fucking trip, but because right. of April being ass, but, but, um, they're doing like, they're doing that kind of stuff. It wouldn't surprise me if Disney saw enough of a downtick that they started doing some value ticketing kind of shit, um, just to get people to go. But yeah. I could be totally off base there, but I do well, think that's going to be an interesting thing. They have they have even more power to do that than ever before with their sliding ticket scale now. Yeah, so that's true. They can they can just sort of quietly do that if reservations are going down and you know park tickets are are you know getting sold less. Maybe but like maybe we'll see more of the in, free dining yeah. promos and stuff that yep, like that's they, true. We could they've see more cut promotions. free dining over the past few years a lot. Like the window goes down, the window has gone down, and the. Um, the number of resorts available and stuff has gone down. And so I wonder if we'll see more promotions this year because of the coronavirus, which feels like a strange topic to be thinking about, but it just dawned on me as yeah. we were talking about this here, because I do think that it's interesting that the CEO swap happened, but I also do wonder if he's going to start to see drops in revenue because of not just the coronavirus and the election year and all that shit, but um, just because of, of trip cancellations. So Yeah. I'm worried that Florida, too, not to keep on that topic, but I'm worried that Florida is going to get hit really hard, too, just because of the extremely large elderly population. Yeah, well, and, and that's... it's not a not densely populated Right, state it's relatively densely portions, populated so. with a lot of older folks, and that's that's the worry, is that, like, it's going to be yeah. tough to control there, for sure, yep. but... Yeah. yeah, not to make this into a fucking pandemic podcast, but yeah, that's the... It's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about because Disney has been so bad about increasing tickets all the time. And I wonder if they are going to have to pop it back. Yeah, this, this will be a good test for sure. Well, that was weird. Uh, this next topic is going to be interesting if you didn't read the show notes, husband. Um, some fucking dude went on a gigantic rant about how Star Wars Galaxy's Edge breaks th theme park design rules like that was a bad thing. Um, it's like roller coaster philosophy or something, RC philosophy on, on Twitter. And it's a person who blogged about roller coasters for years and then actually got like hired by some theme park or other to do design and like... Cool. Like it's basically the issue. One of the issues that I had with the whole rant was it's one of those things where people are going to look at it like an expert in the field said this, so they must be impartial and it must be correct. And I don't think it is. Um, a friend, 
of ours, uh, Victoria from the Walt, uh, Vault Disney podcast, which is cool. And you should totally check it out if you haven't. Uh, she had posted it in Rob Play's Patreon Discord uh, and was like, so I'm curious to hear what people who have actually been there think. And I was like, this is bullshit. And a bunch of us were like, this is bullshit. Um, it was just like, first of all, sure, it breaks theme park design rules, but that's a good thing. That's why we like it. Um, it's not trying to be a theme park. It's trying to be a fucking Renaissance festival where you can walk around and you can get lost in corners and like things are happening. And the, there was the only point that I can really get on board with is like, there needs to be more of the walk around entertainment, uh, like past just the walk around characters. I want those droids that they were initially having. Can't we do some of the fights that were happening for the rise opening, like that were happening on the higher, platform stuff like away from now granted i fucking have done street fights at a ren fair where like a perimeter is just made and now there's a fight happening but if they wanted to not have to do that like there's fucking space for it like that's the only thing that i would say is that, like the entertainment pieces but he just like he it was like he feels like there's not enough order so the parts that he fucking likes are the first order parts and he calls them space nazis but i'm like you like you you really like the space Nazi parts there, huh? Like, like he calls them that, like, in the way that you know that it, they're bad. But I was also like, but it's weird because you gravitated towards their part. So what's weird to me about this is that part of why it's such a special land is that it is completely different. Like, it doesn't suffer from any of the compromises that you normally get in a theme park, which is like, oh, well, you know, we want it to look really neat, but we need it to be seven lanes wide and right. have, have, you know, uh, porta potties everywhere or right, something like right. that, you know? And, and honestly, I kind of loathe the things that remind me that, oh, by the way, you're in a place designed yeah. for people to yeah. churn through at volume. And Galaxy's Edge is one of the only places I have ever been on Disney property where I am thrilled to see it packed like wall yeah, to wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when you're in like the the like market area, um, mm -hmm. sort of down past the like milk station. Yep. Um, there's just this sense that you are in a busy market. Yeah. Off world. Yeah. And you you cannot have that experience. If you are designing it all to flow perfectly and right. to and to have like like the uh, I didn't read the rant so I can't really speak to it but most of the people who I would expect to be geeking out about that stuff think a lot about theme park flow and things like that yeah and one of the things that I think is really cool about Galaxy's Edge is that although it breaks a lot of those rules um, it still sort of gives you some of the same. Uh, needs filled in those and that there are multiple ways to get everywhere. Um, it does give you some natural flows, um, even if they are bottlenecked horribly in yeah, some places. Yeah. Um, and there are two huge entrances and exits from the whole land. Right. So if it gets too crowded, if people, you know, have problems, there are two ways that everybody in that whole chunk of land can exit. And it's really only when people are churning around that sort of the, the one loop down there past the, the Falcon that things get particularly busy. Um, if everybody was trying to exit that, that section, that land at once, there are two huge exits and nobody would be getting in anybody else's way. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I think it's, 
It's funny that someone is criticizing the things that I love like. Well, that's about and it. that's the thing. Yeah, is that it was like he he found the order in the first order areas comfortable, and I was like, cool. So you want the first order to win them? Like it just it was one of those things that I was like, well, well, well. There's order fucking everywhere else in this place. Like, right. can't we just have this one cool area that feels like you're jostled around and stuff? And like, I don't know. And then he fucking further lost me because he invoked the facts. He fucking was talking about how, like, the food is weird and, like, a lot of it is, like, on the healthier side or something. And the tweet that pissed me off was... Food at theme parks generally skews towards familiar comfort fare for the same reason that theme parks use the architecture of reassurance. Although given obesity trends, encouraging people to try something quote unquote alien, whether it's rice, milk, or vegan meat is likely a good thing. So he was talking about how the foods are not normal food, like normal shitty fattening theme park fare. And I was like, you know, there you go with the, oh, the fats are there. So it's good that this theme park has vegan options. Like... Also, they all have options. This one has fried chicken. It has beef jerky. I know. I think his point was like like he was trying to make it out as though like it's good that some of the food options are plant-based because – and also like that's a whole fucking dumb fucking – not misnomer, misconception anyway that like – vegetarians and vegans can't be fat like there are plenty of fat folks who are vegan and vegetarian like what the fuck it's a it's a misconception in the first place but it pissed me off because it was the like one thing i like about this land is maybe it will make people less fat like fuck you dude get the fuck out of here because if you didn't know or have not looked at the pictures or whatever like we're fucking big folks on this podcast and i'm also (laughs) like wicked fat activism type person like fuck all your bullshit so the like concern trolling type of shit where people talk about obesity in this country like that shit it just pisses me off to no end so he further lost me there um i'm gonna keep talking because i'm the one who read the fucking thread the other the next thing that really pissed me off was he said that rise didn't have an aspirational moment like you need an aspirational moment in rides that like like in Star Tours picturing yourself I don't know I don't remember what he said but he he outlined it in other rides where like you have an aspirational moment of like haven't you always dreamed of doing this thing and I'm like of being a fucking member of the resistance the the ride where you li- now I can't spoil it but that's the rise of the resistance the point is that you're gonna be a resistance member. That's not aspirational? Val, you have to remember, this is coming from the perspective of someone who really likes space Nazis (laughs) in order. So he's not, he He had no aspirational moment. He had no aspirational moment while, well, presumably being a member of the people trying to destroy that order. Well, like, it's funny because, again, he said space Nazis like he's one of those people who doesn't like them. And I'm like, Mm. then what was not aspirational about. Rise of the, which again, oh, I can't still talk about it fully on this podcast, but it absolutely has, the whole thing is an aspirational moment. I don't know. It just pissed me off. Um, and yeah, and I started so off. Yeah. Let's, let's okay. check the boxes. Um, he likes the space Nazis. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't find anything about Rise of the Resistance anything. aspirational. Um, he did some nice concern trolling for the fats. Yep. 
Um, and he doesn't work for Disney, so he's probably just jaded. Um, th- that's all the boxes I need to to basically be like, okay, this guy probably is an actual Nazi. This guy probably he's not you know, an is, actual yeah, no, Nazi. he's probably an actual Nazi. He likes he likes the space just take Nazis it to like much. the furthest yeah. possible conclusion. No, I mean this guy. No, this guy more, clearly it's not for him. That's all it is. Right. It's not. It's more for the him. this is maybe not for you thing. If what you crave is order and good theme park design that goes by the rules of theme park design. And again, my biggest issue is that because he's a person who works in the fucking industry, people are going to take him as an unbiased analysis. Like this whole rant, this whole opinion piece is going to be taken as an unbiased analysis of Galaxy's Edge is bad. And fortunately, the vast majority of what I have seen is the opposite of that. The vast majority of what I have seen from people is Galaxy's Edge fucking rules. But it's annoying. It's like it's like when fucking critics are like, this movie is bad. And you're like, everyone loves this movie. And it's really enjoyable. And they're like, but it's not art. Like, what's his name? Or Scorsese saying the MCU films aren't good or art or whatever. I just, like, I'm, I'm also kind of uh, just in, incredulous that his industry uh, role in some way would give him any more validity because first off, like if you don't work on a specific set of teams that are doing the really cool stuff, then who the fuck cares? But some guy who's probably done some work for like Knobles and like well, fucking and Canopy Lake Park. Knobles? Like, is Pennsylvania. Oh, I was like, it's, what the fuck are you talking about? It's got a moose. It's kind of adorable, but really sad. <laughs> it's got it's, a moose. It's like a county fair that just stays there. Oh. Like it's, I, I, I'm probably going to get hate from, like we have one Pennsylvania listener <laughs> maybe. And they're just going to be like, I grew up going there. You're saying it wrong. Like, well, so <laughs> I think the thing is like, I don't know that he was trying to be like, look at my credentials or anything, but but by nature, someone who's working in the industry is going to be looked at as having more, you know, knowledge and, and, uh, yeah. and stuff on it. I just was like, man, this is a fucking annoying rant. I don't like it. <laughs> I say on my ranting podcast. <laughs> this week on Bored and Sassy, someone was wrong on the internet. <laughs> we'll link the thread so you have it. Let us know if you We'll link agree. the thread so Sam actually fucking reads it. Yeah. <laughs> well, now it's time for the Silly Shit and Disney Films Corner! I uh, went into our topics document and uh, 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 okay, this one was good. This is also, this, we're just going to talk about Victoria a bunch, but Victoria from the Vault Disney podcast replied to something or other on Twitter uh, that I said with, okay, question. Or no, sorry. She, she tweeted this and then I think said, hey guys, this would be a great board and sassy topic. I forget. <laughs> anyway. It's, okay, question. How does reproduction work in the universe of Pixar's cars? Do they manufacture cars fully mature? Are there no child cars? Does no one have a family? That's oddly depressing. And I think that we don't 
Yeah, she said it still feels like a discussion for bored and sassy. There we go. I think we talked about this at one point in passing in one of our episodes because we talked about the bugs. Does that mean like you have the a little, theory? The little, the little <laughs> way to just steal my thunder, Val. Gosh. No, actually, this is one that I find truly baffling because uh, cars are in our world something that is constructed by people. Yep. So from from that perspective, it's like oh, they're created by some greater life form right um but there's no evidence of people whatsoever yep. there aren't there are not human-sized doors on shops everything is garage-sized doors like yep. there's no evidence of humans whatsoever and there are like sentient planes and so, helicopters so and tiny jj bugs. the jet plane um no. so <laughs> so i have a theory god damn it no i, I just really thought, thought of this i, got... I just thought of this um what if humans did exist, but then we gave our cars self-driving AI, and then they just offed us all and erased any any sign that we had ever been here, and they you know they rebuilt homes for themselves with garages only, and they just knocked down cities and and rebuilt them from scratch uh, to only be for cars. And like there are five humans who the giant most of the AIs kept for themselves and just tortures for the entirety of existence. I'm sorry. Oh, I just figured they'd be a zoo. No, I looked (laughs) I don't remember why I have no mouth, but I must scream came up. Oh, okay. Okay. And I must scream, but I read it. Read it, read up on it. I was very confused no, because I, I certainly have not. I was not trying to make an intellectual not. joke, and then I haven't actually read that story. I, mean, I have just read the Wikipedia article for that story multiple times. <laughs> anyway, um, and it felt like a funny place for an AI joke. No, I made a face while you were talking because what if they're actually model cars? So what if the entire world of cars? Is like in the Lego movie. It's in someone's oh, fucking basement, and I it's like actually yours all mo- that. Mine's what- really sad. Right, yours like, is really cool. I was like, what if it's actually that they're model cars who have sentience, kind of like <gasps> Toy Story? So there is oh, one that human makes so somewhere. Much sense too. So, so if you imagine that there is like a, a you know a person playing with these cars yeah. and that sort of the, then all of the spy shit makes so much more yeah. sense because like. Cars don't fight like that. Like, yeah. that's not a thing. Yeah. And yet it makes perfect sense if you were, like, driving around Matchbox cars. You'd be like, pew, pew, or right. whatever. So you're you know? a little more in the Lego movie, and I'm a little more in the Toy Story, where they're actually sentient. Okay. Or, yeah, well, fair. I guess Lego movie is kind of both. Yeah. Lego movie Lego does a good job of finding that weird. weird. Yeah. But yeah, well, maybe that's what it is. Huh. Maybe that's why everything's their size, because they're just, like, a fucking giant playset. And that's I... why there are no babies, because you just buy more cars. <laughs> Whoa, yeah. Yeah. Mind blowing. And and like when cars die. Have we talked about car death? Is that a thing? It's a thing in right. the so spy one, yeah. It's it's a thing. Cars die. And actually maybe before that cuz And it's you know, it's gone. just that they've been discarded, but yeah, there Where's there are no too? baby cars shown in it unless the bugs are baby cars and they will grow up to be full-size cars someday. No. How many movies? No, two is the spy one. Two is it? the spy one. Three is, Three is the, the one I haven't seen. One. Okay, yeah. I haven't seen that one. But Doc, so Doc is dead by two. Wait, you haven't seen Cars 3? No, we talked about this on we the plane. We need to fix this. No, yeah, I don't Yeah, because I watched it on the and plane. And I was like, I don't fucking want to watch this movie. 
<laughs> Why don't you want to watch it? I don't know. I just, I've had enough cars for now. <laughs> wow. He's looking at me really accusingly, wow. guys. Goodness, Val. Um, <laughs> Val is, is just sleeping on the greatest film of 20. Oh, when the God, hell did it please come out? leave me no alone. Um, no, but they do die and like it's a thing, but. Were you going to go somewhere with the car death before I totally derailed your No, no. I was just thinking about the fact that if they were just like matchbox cars and they just died and got discarded and then, you know, we're, you don't, you don't like when you're playing with toys, you don't need to have an excuse for new ones to appear in the universe. And right. when they break, you just sort of, you know, get rid of them or repair them if you can. Right. Yeah. So yeah. It, it lines up that, that I think lines up better than the like, post-apocalyptic AI we the scenario. Code, folks, we figured it out. We figured it out. Cars is matchboxes. Well, that's been our fucking show, folks, <laughs> this week. We're, uh, we are just to let you know as mentioned in the last episode, like we do theater and our schedule is going to be funky for releases because basically if we miss Sunday, uh, the week becomes very difficult to record during because my ass is assistant directing the show this year and has rehearsal Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, basically through June. And so, no energy any other And no fucking energy and work is off the friggin' wall and yeah, so... Where our release schedule has always been a little bit shifty uh, and has had different reasons for being shifty over the last year that we've been doing this podcast. Yeah, so what we're saying is don't expect weekly episodes, especially for I a mean, little no bit. I mean, no one fucking expects weekly, I know, but I know, we're really but getting to We're be... sorry that it's bumpy right now, but we will, uh, we'll keep trying to, to knock one out every weekend when we are not slammed with other things so yeah as much as we thanks can thanks for bearing with us thanks yeah thanks for being here thanks for listening to all of our shenanigans um yeah no we're officially over a year old february 26 2019 Woo! was our first episode release date even though it says e2 in pocket and you'll notice this is our 29th episode in more than 52 weeks. So exactly. we've, we've done so it every single week. We've basically, yeah. Every single week. Folks, it's going to be a weird schedule. We appreciate you for sticking with us again. Hey, that's, that's better than every two weeks on average. That's <laughs> just like a tiny bit. But well, I mean, you know, cancer happened. So that's things shit happen. Fair. Um, so if you have feedback, Twitter at Bored and Sassy. Uh, if you have other feedback that's longer, uh, contact. If, if you have feelings or thoughts about COVID-19 and Disney parks, I'm curious to hear what you're thinking he's, about. He's a be, little nervous because we're supposed to be there I'm in a month. I'm nervous about it. Right. We're yeah. supposed to be there in a month. And a month is just about the right amount of time to go from patient zero in Florida to, you know, yeah. 60,000 Within a month, cases, we should know if so. it's a fucking clusterfuck or if nothing happens. Right. Um, yeah, boredandsassy.com. Uh, then there's click contact. Uh, you can also do boredandsassy at gmail.com if you have longer feedback than Twitter stuff. Uh, thank you all for listening and apologies for this being rambly as shit. But man, life is fucking nuts right now. So thank you for being with us. Have a great week. Bye. Goodbye. Oh my God, I'm so fucking hungry. Ugh. I didn't finish the show notes. I don't have silly shit. <laughs>
We'll wing it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live.